0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Thank you for tuning in. This is T Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week our chat room is open so feel free to join the discussion that's happening and we will do our best if you have a question to get it on air so please make sure you post anything that you want us to look at and we'll see if we can get it on air and get your questions answered as an alternative for those of you who are on the go you can't continue to listen online just call us directly and you can call us by dialing 347-202-0227 and that way you can listen via phone or please be sure to use your bluetooth if you are driving about as you all know, Audible.com is our main sponsor, but did you know that a Pennsylvania study found that exercisers who went to the gym 50% more often when they had an audiobook on hand? It's true. Now, I myself look forward to learning or being entertained while I'm on my tread climber because the time, well, it goes by quickly and, and so I like that and I'm actually accomplishing something. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information, and Audible.com has more than 180,000 audio books and spoken word audio products to choose from. So you can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want, including the gym. So just download the title you prefer. It's free of charge, and you can start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com energyawareness. It really is that easy. Be sure you put in the entire title, www.audibletrial.com slash energyawareness, so that you will be able to get that 30-day trial. Okay, people, how important to you is money, fancy cars, large houses, designer clothes, and all the other material things in life? This is really a thought provoking question because, you know, although we aspire to have the finer things in life, when it comes right down to it, when you already leave this world, we know we can't take that stuff with us. So you end up leaving it all behind for everybody else to fight over, sell, or simply discard doesn't say much about us as people and what we truly leave here on the physical plane, isn't it far more important to leave a legacy that is lasting, one that brings about positive change, a legacy that you know in your heart of hearts is of love, contributes to the greater good, where you made the world a better place and you made a difference? My guest tonight is Brenda Knight. She was part of the team who made the world a better place with random acts of kindness And she also made the world a little bit more grateful with the Grateful Table, which she also joined us to talk about on this show not that long ago. Brenda is a living example of how effortless it can be and how anyone, whether you're five years old or 105, can be a good in the world, one kindness at a time. She grew up on a farm in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and she learned how to appreciate life from her mother, Helen. And after a brief career as a high school English teacher, she began her publishing career at HarperCollins. And as a publisher and editor who writes about women's history and issues affecting women's lives today and IndieFab's 2013 Publisher of the Year, Brenda has authored multiple books, among which include She Rose*, The Poetry Oracle, Wild Women in Books, and the American book, award-winning women of the beat generation and she also volunteers with women newly diagnosed with breast cancer and tonight we're going to speak with her about her book be a good in the world so hello Brenda welcome back to the show and thank you so much for taking time to join us here yet again on Energy
2: Awareness Radio
1: how are you
2: being I am very good and I'm so thrilled to be here I feel healed just from listening to you talk Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, your book does so much good. And I have to say, you know, there were events that happened today that probably everybody's aware of, but I I do feel the need to bring it up. Um in Pencil- in uh Virginia today, a news reporter and cameraman were shot to death on the air for everyone to see, including their families. It was horrific. It was disgusting, and you know, this world is filled with all kinds of horrific things like that, that we don't typically see on a daily basis. And yet, I, I come and I sit at my desk and I see this book, Be a Good in the World, and I have to say that this is a book that everybody really needs to get, because as soon as you heard that story, and, and, I, and I knew I was working on the show for tonight, I really started flipping through to make myself feel better, because... There has to be something good that comes from it as hard as that is to say, let's not let it be for naught. Let's learn from this. We're not learning from the things that are happening and they keep happening over and over and over again. And this to me and many other people hit hard because it was not a movie. It was real life. And we don't typically see that on TV that way. And I I, I-, I love that you wrote this book. I think you know, you were supposed to be on the show uh, uh, about six weeks ago and and it didn't pan out. And maybe there's a reason you're on the show today. Maybe it's because people need to, to really look at other people and help them to be a good in the world in the way that you are helping others with your book. So having said that, um, I'll, I'll get off of my little soapbox, and I typically don't do this, but this really hit a lot harder. I think a lot of people, including myself, when we learned about this this morning. Um, I love the title, Be a Good in the World. It doesn't limit us to being just a good person or a good whatever we do either for a living or, or who we're with, a wife or a, you know, a significant other or a good person at a sport or a hobby or in life in general. It allows us to just be a good. How did that come about because there has to be a background story to this great title because it really is i think a very catchy and wonderfully limitless title
2: thank you you know there is a backstory and uh you know you're you're involved a little bit because it was about the grateful table when i was doing the finishing touches on the grateful table my favorite little piece was coming up with the uh handles or like little subhead subtitles for each section, you know, there was 365, so that was quite a task, but it actually really was fun. And in October, you know, I always try to think, like, what can we do to, like, tribute, you know, make a tribute to breast cancer survivors, and people are going through that and just raising awareness. And uh, so I wove in some quotes from some um you know, <clears throat> women who had uh, both survived and passed of breast cancer in the Grateful Table in October, and I was quoting one of them, and the I came up with the little title for her section: "Be a Good in the World." And when it and it literally was a light bulb moment. Like, t, if you'd been sitting with me, you probably would have seen like a cartoon light bulb above my head, <laughs> and I thought be a good in the world. There, there's something really there that really resonates deeply inside me. And I wrote it down and I, I just sort of, I, you know, put it on like a vision board and bulletin board. And I just sat with it for a little while. And it wasn't long. I mean, it wasn't even like a month before I realized that was my next book. And then I started thinking like, well, what is it? And I thought, well, it's all kinds of ways like dozens and hundreds of ways you can make a difference you can make a contribution and i am glad you got on your soap box because i actually turned on just uh, this i don't even really usually watch the news first thing in the morning um just because i don't want to start my day that way but I wanted to see what was going on with the stock market oh did it like go down another thousand points last night what's going on and that was the first thing I saw and actually where it happened in Virginia is close to my home state of West Virginia and so I realized like oh my gosh like those are my people like that's you know that's where I'm from really and um, it, it, it was unbelievably shocking and uh I think the fact that it you know that it happened like on TV, you know what I mean, like live for everyone to see, including their family and loved ones. But it seemed like um their friends at the station and their loved ones handled it pretty well, however best you can handle something like that. You know, and they were just saying what beautiful people. They made it about them and how great they were. And so I realized that like, you know, the broadcaster and her cameraman had already made a difference. They were a good in the world and they, you know, it's unfortunate that they didn't get to make more contributions, but it's, you know, another way to be a good in the world is to tell people's stories and remember them and to make sure their legacy is known.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was, it was, and it's funny because I usually don't listen to the news except to get the weather. I want to know, is it going to rain or do I have to water, <laughs> you know? And 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 I wasn't watching the news, but unfortunately, I'm sitting at my computer and I have this like a ticker tape that goes by with breaking news. And that's what it was. And, you know, you do tend to look at that because it's, it's interrupting your screen and you want to see what's happening in the world. I presumed it would be stock market news and it was not so um, interesting because a lot of people. You know, when, when something happens close to where we're brought up or a state that we lived in for a while, it's like, oh, yeah, I know those are my people, those are my people. And we all do that, and that's great because you feel closer, a connection to that. I mean, there have been, you know, psychological tests on how you feel closer to home when you come to familiar areas and how you feel like you're part of something when you when you are hearing news and things like that. Those are my people. You know what? This is the United States of America, and everybody is our people, and we need to really mm-hmm. start recognizing that. And, and, yeah, you feel close to home, and you feel and it, all of that. All of that comes into play. Of course it does. But just if people can just realize we, we've come to a point where anything can happen anywhere, so keep your awareness up and just be – aware that no matter where you travel, these are all your people, even if it's on the other side of the world, you know, everybody, we're all connected. And we all have such great energy and things that we can do. And if we connect on a basis of just coming from that alone, it it, you're being a good in the world, because you're coming from a place of I'm connected to you, no matter where I haven't met you before. And maybe you're in, you know, um, Lithuania, I'm still connected to you. You know, um, Mm -hmm. and uh, so many things in your book came up just based on today's news. It was crazy because all these good organizations that are listed in your book that I had no idea existed, you know, you managed to find things that were, you know, like the, there's a, there's one organization that is to, uh, help seniors with their wishes. So it's kind of like make a wish, but it's for seniors
0: and Right, right. Yeah
1: you've got all these things, the pencil one. Um, there's one about uh, pencils. It's for schools. Uh, there's mm-hmm, a, an mm-hmm. eating program so that you can uh, get meals to people. Uh, there's a the blanket program for children who, you know, a blankie in a book. Uh, right, for a homeless right. Child. So many. How did you come up with I mean, you, you didn't just sit there and say, okay, well, today, be thankful because you can breathe, or today, and these are things to be thankful for, but you really researched this and went the extra mile and found organizations that do specific things that people can resonate with, because we all need to do something that we resonate with, and, and that, that's like our, our, our thing, our mission, you know, when you resonate with something and you want to do it, you, you're helping in that area and somebody else is helping in another. How long did it take you to come up with these organizations to figure out that this is what I want to do rather than writing down? Yeah, there are things in there like smile at people and, and open the door for someone, and that's great. But all these other organizations, there are just so many, Brenda. You really worked hard at it, I can tell.
2: I did. You know, it took a year and a half, and I have a real simple way of working, which is that I'll make myself an assignment that, like... Every day I do like, you know, sometimes it's like word count, uh, you know, write at least like five hundred or a thousand words or something. Um, I'm actually on a project right now where after after we get off I'll be all energized and I'll write my thousand words. And in this case it was like research like three appropriate like organizations that fit with like Summer or back to school time, or you know, helping elders. It was, you know, I, I, it's interesting too because, like, as I was working on be a good in the world, certain, um, like, many obsessions would come along, and I realized that, like, I really, really feel like our elders, you know, our grandmothers, grandparents, like, great uncles, mm-hmm. like, you know, like they're a huge resource of wisdom. And uh, we're neglecting them, and so, you know, I think there's probably, like, you know, at least, like, 30 or 40 that are just, like, making sure, like, you, you know, go visit, like, you know, the, the nearest um, retirement home. Like, just go and, like, take coffee and, like, sit down and, like, talk for your few minutes. Um And also, like, you can collect their stories. There's an organization that goes and talks to uh, military veterans that are uh, elders, you know, in their 80s and 90s. You know, those are precious, precious legacies. And we need to capture them instead of, like, putting these people away, like, almost like putting them in cold storage and so um you know i realized that i had a passion and i think it's actually because i know we touched on this we talked about the Grateful Table a couple of years ago. Like my, um, in West Virginia, like my family was surrounded by our relatives. Like, so a great uncle and aunt had the farm next door. Then another great aunt, like had the farm over on the other side of the hill. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we ate together and went to church together. And I got to hear their stories, you know, and they were, I mean, they, you know, I was a little kid and they seemed ancient to me. They're probably like, 70 or something, you know, but they had survived the depression and the stories they told like really made an impression on me Um, and they actually always said, it'll happen again. And so when like crazy things happen on the stock market, I'm like, okay, here we go. They mm-hmm. said it was going to happen again. Here we go. But you know, again, like a silver lining in tough times, I think is that it can bring people together. And I that's one of my uh, inspirations for being good in the world is that I think, when things are really hard, you know, when the economy's bad, it's hard to get a job, there's like, strange wars where we don't even exactly understand who's fighting who. It's so confusing and sad and, and negative. Like that's, that's the time to double down on kindness, T-Love. Hard times, let's double down, down on kindness. So I'd say that like what happened with the people at the TV station in Virginia, let's triple down, let's quadruple down on kindness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's what this should be doing. It should be raising awareness for people. Just the story alone. If it does not, anyone who's listening, buy this book and start handing it out. This is something that we need to really put out there more. And thank God for you for doing it. The timing is perfect because we couldn't need this anymore right now. The relevance of this right now for me in looking at the world, like stepping outside and looking in, oh, my gosh, it's needed more now than ever. I, I really believe that. You must believe that to some extent, too.
2: I absolutely do, and I do think believe in divine timing, and so I think it was meant for us to talk today, so we can talk about this, and you know I'd love to know what your listeners have to say too. They must have some deep thoughts about it. You know, one of my this might be a book one day uh, on june twenty sixth there's don't just go through it, grow through it, and mm-hmm. you know the basically. All of us, if we're just living our life, like even if we try to like hide away and meditate all the time, all of us are going to run into trouble, experience hard times like illness, loss of a loved one, like heartbreak, you know, job problems. It happens to all of us. And so it's, it's an opportunity for growth. So don't just go through it. How can you grow through it? And, um, you know, it, no matter how... Um, Unexpected, like you know scary something can be there 's lessons in there, so really like look deeply and think what are the lessons for us to gain from it and so i I, I know i mean i 'm going through a, you know a hard time um, right now with a strange legal situation that doesn 't make any sense, and i 'm sure it will pass. But I, you know, and it's scary <clears throat> anytime you're having to like talk to attorneys and like pay all that money per hour, yeah. it's scary. <laughs> but I think, you know, and I thought, okay, I it must be happening for a reason. And then I realized that like already, like just like in the, like the 10 days that it's been going on, I've learned a lot about our legal system, a lot. And I thought, okay, well, this is good, good life lessons. Like, you know, I uh, know it'll go away and, and, but I'm going to try to not just go through it, but grow through it. And who knows, maybe you'll become an attorney. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I told my boyfriend, I said, would it be crazy if I went back to law school because like there's just like so many things most of us like civilians don't know that like here's the one that was shocking to me it's not relevant to me but like just like it came up in a conversation with a, an attorney like uh, say you have like um you know, uh, uh, say you were in a car accident and unfortunately there was, like, bodily harm to somebody in another car. Like, that's terrible, you know, and you hope it never happens. Knock wood, I'm knocking my head. Let's hope Mm -hmm. none of that happens to us or your listeners. But say say it happens, because unfortunately it does happen every day. So then, you know, they, so then you have to go to court and um, if you were to say, instead of saying, like, you know, not guilty or no contest, let's say you said guilty, you just felt felt so bad about it, you just said guilty. In the moment you say guilty, you've actually given away a lot of your rights, including some constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. Did you know that, T-Love? I mean, maybe you did, but I sure didn't. Yeah, I didn't know you were giving away constitutional rights yeah actually, you are so like it's almost like so I'm telling you this is fascinating like i'm i'm I have a learning opportunity here, and while that one doesn't relate to me at all, like I just stumbled across that piece of knowledge, and I was like, I feel pretty sure that like ninety five percent of like the population doesn't know that, and uh-huh. like nobody tells them, and like there needs to you know there's just sort of a Another kind of awareness. Anyway, I didn't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but just it's, it's like, don't just, you know, how can you grow from what is happening you, to you, even if it's something that feels really scary?
1: Yeah, and learn from everything, even the things you hear or see, even if it's not happening directly to you, learn from it and bring your awareness up so that, you know, once you bring your awareness up, you do start to treat people more kindly, you know, as your awareness becomes. A bigger scope you start taking in other people's you know uh, issues you don't take them on but you realize you cut them slack more and you realize everybody's got something going on everybody's got a story and I don't need to know what it is cut them some slack you know uh, I think that's probably a really good point to uh, so that people can see that it doesn't necessarily even have to be happening to you you can be empathic towards someone else and learn and grow from that too right absolutely hmm well said yeah, uh, I think you know. There's an expression that I'm sure we're all familiar with. You know, if you want something done, ask a busy person. And you, Brenda, are indeed a busy person. You write, you publish,
2: you volunteer. With <laughs> what can I patients. do for you? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. Well, I believe that when we practice random acts of kindness, do good deeds, and, and purposely, purposefully uh, determine to make the world a better place by our words and deeds that we are able to accomplish more. I know that I am. That's why that comes into play. If you want something done, ask a busy person. Do you attribute your daily vigilance to performing good deeds? Because you can't tell me that you don't do it. You're writing about it. I, I think you live. You really walk your talk. Do you attribute your daily vigilance to doing that, to being able to do so much? That's how I see it. It could be. It could be. It's
2: also like a type of mindfulness. You know, uh, I I just have like that awareness, like it's on my mind, what can I do? And you would laugh, like you and your listeners, uh, T, would laugh sometimes because, you know, one of my things that I talk about in um, Be a Good in the World is like, you know, p- uh, I pick up recycling in my path, like – And that, like, I've been going to, like, business meetings or a presentation, and I'll be, like, dressed up and, and, you know, in a suit or something. And then I'll see, like, you know, uh, some plastic bottles or, like, you know, Coke cans or something in my path. But it's part of my spiritual practice that I, I pick it up. So I'll be walking down, you know, with, like, a briefcase and a presentation and all snappily dressed and then carrying garbage, and I'll get some funny looks. And like I'll say to people like, uh, this is my service to the planet. And, you know, I'm sure they're thinking, like, wow, like, what is up with her? But hopefully, you know, they'll they'll get it and they'll realize that I am literally walking my talk because I'm that's part of my promise to myself and to Mother Nature and the planet is like, you know, I want, I want there to be a beautiful earth for our children and our children's children and many generations to come to enjoy and so what little things I can, like hauling buckets of bathwater out so I can have a garden, picking up trash, Using, being very conservative about everything from like paper to water to power. Like, you know, it becomes a mindfulness. And so it is a type of vigilance for sure. And, um, and yeah, it keeps me busy.
0: <laughs> you
1: no, know, I'm not going to laugh at that because I do that too. I carry we have a store here called ShopRite and I carry a ShopRite bag and if I see something in my travels, I'll stick it in the little bag and then when I come home I separate it out and if it needs to be washed before it goes in the recycle bin, I will do that. And I have had people look at me and I've just said well, Gaia lets me live here. At Least I can do is keep it clean.
2: <laughs> you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if you think about it, uh, T, like, the, like you've probably gathered a mountain, uh, you've saved a mountain of landfill and got it back into the system. Probably. And what's funny is oh, quite a few years ago, it has to be like eight or 10
1: years ago now, I was at a friend's house and we were having lunch, and it, three of us. And I went in and used the facilities and I came out And I said, there's no more toilet paper. And she said, oh, there's some under wherever it was. So I got it and I put a new roll on. And I came out and I brought out the cargo. And I said, where's your recycling? And she started to laugh. And she said, seriously? And I said, yeah. And they laughed at me. Well, now it wasn't until, what, two or three years ago that that commercial came out. How many, you know, cores of toilet paper are thrown away and how much it covers in the landfills? And I thought, there you go. I have been redeemed. (laughs) You have been.
2: Absolutely. Good for you. Yeah, good for you.
1: I don't mind being laughed at. It's okay because if you're in your heart when you know when you're doing something right, it's like, oh well that's their issue, not mine. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. Like exactly Yeah. Like Wayne Dyer says, What somebody thinks of me is really none of my business. <laughs> right.
2: This will drive my boyfriend crazy because like when if we were staying, you know, on vacation or a business trip or something and staying in a hotel, like I will, you know, maybe it's a hotel I didn't pick because like the company picked it so I will call and I'll say like I want to know what your recycling is like do you do like metal paper cans like you know what all do you do and um and if they say we don't recycle I'll say like well I need to let you know that I will not be staying here again because like I can't you know I can't stay at a hotel that doesn't recycle and you need to work on that That's you're, you're contributing enormously to the landfill is there a manager I can talk about it blah blah and then I will pack the recycling in my suitcase and take it home and my boyfriend is like I can't believe you're like packing the recycling and I said it's part of my spiritual practice like and so mm-hmm. now like uh, you know at the end of the hotel stay he'll say um, I saved these four bottles for you BB so
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's helping. we can influence right.
2: people
1: Yeah, we can influence people too. (laughs) You know, and speaking of influencing people, there is such a ripple effect when one person does act kindly toward another. The recipient then passes it along to others and the good vibrations just seem to multiply to the masses and it goes on and on and on. It just continues. It seems to me that If everyone read your book, particularly younger children, teaching it to them early on, it would definitely make our world a different place, and and it's a really easy way to do that make a much better place. That's kind of what I feel that your book could actually do. Are there any groups or organizations or foundations who have adopted this book or even others of your books as a tool of sorts to foster that?
2: You know, not that I know of yet. I know that we were outreaching, like to the organizations, um, in um, you know that are listed in the back of the book, the ones that I talk about. There were dozens and dozens. Like putting that index together was quite a job. And so, uh, in the appearances I've been doing, like I'll I'll contact, like you know, a couple months ahead, I'll contact an organization and say, "Would you like to come and co-present?" And like, you know, also it can be an opportunity for you to hand out literature or get donations or whatever. And so when I did um, the book passage in Marin County in Corte Madera here in California, it's one of the top five bookstores in America. It's just wonderful. And so there's a company called, or rather there's a nonprofit called Dress, for success and I love what they do they um outfit wardrobes to people who are economically challenged particularly women they'll help anybody though but they really are looking to help all the women that they can and so they'll give them a wardrobe you know to go looking for a job for interviews um for meetings etc and they don't just like throw you into like a messy looking closet or anything like um, they have like trained staff that works at like Nordstrom and Macy's and they really work with the woman to go find her the outfits that are going to make her feel good because we know that's half the battle right there so look good and feel good so the things fit well they're tailored and Marin County like um you know i uh, was uh, surprised when i moved here from west virginia there's a lot of enormous wealth in Moran county i can't figure it out but like they've got they've got it figured out and so mm-hmm. these are like in some cases it's like designer clothing that these women from like you know abusive households or battered women's shelters are like being outfitted in couture, which I love that. And then they also help them with their resume. They practice interview skills with them. They really, really take care of these people, like I said, particularly women. And so when I did an event at the Book Passage in corda Madeira, I had contacted them, and they came, like a whole group of them came, including the founder. And they co-presented, and it was so Wonderful, like people were making donations on the spot, you know because you can um you can donate like a, you can write a check, give a credit card, give cash, and then you can also say like well i 'll be stopping by to give you to to give you like the designer duds that I no longer fit in from my closet it It just felt so wonderful and and it was really great because like they got to tell their story and their inspiration and they were just all about wanting to help women and I'm telling you like it was like you know I practically it was actually hard for me to get up and talk after them because I was teared up by like the sincerity and the beauty of what they're doing like you know because again times are tough like you know uh and um you know you you may have to leave a horrible uh, you know relationship as a battered woman there you are in the shelter and you have nothing and and here these women will help raise you up so you can stand on your own two feet that is
1: a beautiful story that really that is just wonderful that they do that Uh, i think there are so many organizations like that and you have I mean, just some of the stories in the book, if I can call them that, the the daily inspirations when it involves something and you you list a name of a website that you just know, this is really crucial because I think you did choose critical ones. You know, I think you chose ones that really uh, seem to run the gamut actually of all the different things out there that are in need. And it's for every age group, you know, you don't seem to miss anything, you offer ideas that are life-spanning you know anything from zero practically all the way up mm-hmm. to elders and yeah so many good organizations out there the community that I live in uh, I moved here and, and I came to New Jersey kicking and screaming and <laughs> and then I finally joined my Chamber of Commerce and boy did I learn a lot because there are so many organizations in this little county that do such wonderful things and there's one group that feeds the hungry and people just donate goods everybody who works there is a volunteer nobody gets paid it's open 24 7 you can go and get whatever you want questions are never asked uh, and they got up getting an award one day for the work that they do very humbling and they told the story of a, a father who came in with his daughter and the daughter was ever so good and then she pulled on his his suit coat and um... the woman said oh you wanna get going and she said well no they told us when you were done that we would be able to get food because we haven't eaten in two days that 's when I lost it. I completely oh. lost it. I thought, you know what? I can go to the store and I can buy M M s if I want, and M& M s are not in a food group. You know I can buy whatever I want." So it didn 't take anything but the following Saturday, going down the grocery store and filling up bags with food and coming home and having my husband start to put it away and me say, "No, no, 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 that's going to the food bank." And he says, "What do you mean?" And I said, "I heard this thing in an awards banquet I went to. We have to do this so." it really inspired me to every month do something for them and I said to them I don't know that I can actually buy food every month but I'll give you money if some if you have somebody to go do it and they said yeah sure we'll take your money you know I mean I I bought the brands I buy I didn't buy generic I didn't buy store brands I bought the brands I buy this is what I would eat this is what I want them to have I wasn't being you know well I'll get a whole bunch of food for this price it was like nope. I set my my budget filled up a few bags brought it down said there you go I'm you know it really struck me so that's what I mean by things will resonate with people and then you'll be inspired to do something more long term that really makes a difference because when you look around the community you don't know what's going on behind anybody's doors you have no idea you know and one little girl got up and said that at their school they were offering free meals for people who needed them and she went out to wait table as it were and her parents were working in the kitchen and she turned around came back in and said I can't I can't do this and the mom said why and she goes because my friend is out there and i didn't know i didn't know they were having trouble times i can't go out there and Mm -hmm. the girl really from her heart felt that way what was so interesting when she had that said that was oh my god the day before i saw a commercial i don't even remember what it was for and it was a little girl on a bus and they showed her and her mom first going shopping and buying stuff and bringing things to a food pantry. And the little girl is now on the school bus. And then they show this other mother and her little girl going to the food pantry to get things. Now they, the school bus pulls up to a stop and the little girl that didn't have, had to go to shop the food pantry got on the bus and the little girl whose mom and her bought stuff at the food pantry, they sat together and they were talking and neither knew. You just knew, neither knew what was going on. Nobody knows what's going on in anybody's life. You just have to feel what you can feel and do the best you can for whatever organization resonates with you. And your book just does that in almost every day that you read because there's so much in it that you, for me, I could pick this up. And I can't believe I'm the only one. I just can't. You know, I think there's plenty of people out there who feel the same way and think, wow, maybe I should do something like this. So your story is beautiful because. It's helping women lift themselves up, like you said. It's inspiring them to make them uh, be independent and to raise their families on their own because now they have to. And, you know, the, the hunger thing, now these people can eat. No one should go hungry, not in this country, not in the world, but we live in a country right. where no one should be going hungry.
2: You know? Absolutely. That, um, you know there's a group that uh people that is extra shocking to find out that they're uh going hungry uh and so there's uh, food banks uh to service them as well, but it's college students tea because it's so yeah. expensive to go to college that uh there's a whole group of uh i would um, i think i at one point I had this statistic in my head, but I think it was something really shocking like like 22% of college students now like they're 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 undernourished um actually mm-hmm. because like they can only you know and for some of them even ra- cups of ramen noodle is a great expense right. because they're spending every single dollar on class on tuition on housing on textbooks on on everything that they need to do to like get their education and food becomes the luxury that they can't afford and so um if, you know some years back like uh, some college you know um, administrations noticed and started putting in like little like closet sized food pantries like take what you need and then mm-hmm. like they were being cleaned out like within like a couple of you know they would put what they thought would last like you know a month or some months. and the mm-hmm. food pantries were being cleaned out like within like a couple of hours uh, because these kids are college kids are going Hungry Now, I don't know about you, but when, when I was like studying, like you need your brain power, yeah. like you need, yeah. you know, you need to be nourished because you're really expending a huge amount of energy and, and they can't afford to eat. So food is the last expenditure they'll make. And that I'm, you know, I, I, sometimes I think like everything's being talked about in the presidential run up to the election and all the you know candidates are running saying crazy things <laughs> uh, especially mm-hmm. some of your neighbors uh, and yeah. um and I think <laughs> why, when are they going to start talking about the real issues like when are they going to start talking about like there's people going hungry in America let's stop that let's stop that today let's stop that this week let's stop that now like instead yeah. of talking about these things that are like Don't exactly apply to us every single day, you know, but like 22% of college students in America today are near starvation. Okay, let me tackle that one today. Yeah. Because we don't care that you're going to call somebody
1: a bimbo. As a matter of fact, you're going to lose all the women's votes because you're calling somebody a bimbo. So just shut your mouth, fix your hair and and do something. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But you do run the gamut from small deeds to more elaborate. Do you have a favorite small deed idea or kindness that that you kind of your go to thing?
2: You know, I do, and that's so. I'll give you a two-part answer to that. Number one, I would say listening. Listening, and you're a good listener because you're a radio host and you're just T-Love, so you're like, you've mastered the art of listening. But a lot of us, we're sort of in a culture of interrupters, uh, especially some of those people running for president, but in any case, (laughs) like we've forgotten how to listen. And so um, we need to refresh ourselves because that's a great life skill. And really, truly listening without saying, well, this is what I would do and this is my advice, just listening is is an act of love. And it's a really beautiful thing. So I would say that really brush up on your listening skills. And then mm-hmm. um, also, um, in, there's like um, uh, living aloha. It's a sort of a very little uh, movement that I hope becomes huge and like takes over the world. But it comes from the Hawaiian Islands and it's simple acts of goodness. And it can be anything like from opening the door uh, to like putting your, your shopping cart back at the rack at the grocery store and not just leaving it out in the parking lot where it'll roll over and hit another car. Like just really simple, thoughtful things, um always taking care of like elders and and helping children, putting like sort of uh you know, women, children and elders first. But it comes from this concept that's on the Hawaiian Islands of respect. It's showing respect and it's all it's to others and it also showing respect to yourself. That you have this self worth and the good sense and the good manners and, and you know you know how to be a good person. So you're always kind, always patient always helpful and it can be little ways and it can be big ways and it stems from the the real concept of deep abiding respect living aloha
1: I love that because uh, I have people who who have said to me you know your level of awareness is, is a little bit beyond and I'll say what do you mean I took a young woman um shopping and uh... We pulled in the parking lot and I parked at the end of the parking lot. And she said to me, There are spaces up there. I said, Do you have two legs? And she said, Yes. I said, Can you walk? She said, Yes. I said, You're, Are you in pain? She said, No. I said, Let's go. And we started walking in. And she, when we came out, she said, I just have to ask. And I said, Because we have two legs, we can walk. And there are people who can't get a handicapped. Uh, Hanger for their rear view mirror, and they don't have handicap plates. But maybe they're pregnant, they're having a bad day, they're in a hurry, or maybe they're just older and their arthritis is kicking up and they can't move well. Maybe they fell down and hurt themselves. They deserve the parking places close to the door. We can walk for a number of reasons to help them. We get out faster, we get exercise. Nobody's going to ding the doors. Yay, it's all good. She was like, Wow, do you know? I saw her like a year ago, and she said, i park in the end of the parking lot now because i really think that's a good idea you really raised my level of awareness and i think more about the other person i said and that's the way you should be so i really love that because it's so true you need to respect the other guy it's not always about us. are there times when it's about us sure when i pull into the emergency room and i'm bleeding and i want to get in there uh... drop me off at the door or i'm gonna leave my car running and go in <laughs> if i'm driving myself because i want to get fixed you do you know what i mean um, mm-hmm. And I. Yeah. And I just think, you know, this is so I absolutely love that living aloha. That's great. That's a really good one.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I hope it
1: does does spread. Yeah, I hope it does spread. How about a a favorite, more elaborate one, like something that people kind of know you for?
2: That people kind of know me for? Hmm. Hmm. What you do. Okay, well, I mean, you know that um, I, I was part of the team. I mean, you said at the beginning that I was part of the team that brought random acts of kindness uh, to the world, and that was in- incredible um, i mean that that story there is is another amazing story. So um, in I think it was something like 1992, which feels like it was a thousand years ago. An artist and poet named Anne Herbert like went to she um, went to her favorite cafe in Sausalito because Sausalito is now you know it's right across the Golden Gate Bridge, like in uh, San Francisco Bay Area now like you know, it's like um, tourist heaven and, you know, very mm-hmm. expensive place to live. But like in the 90s, you could still live there and be a poet and artist. And so she went <laughs> to the same cafe every day and like she would doodle on her placemats, you know, those white placemats that come at the mm-hmm. diners. And so uh, one day she really went to town. She had this inspired idea and she wrote in her special beautiful calligraphy, practice random acts of kindness and senseless acts of beauty. And then she like decorated it with like stars and um, all this in, in colored pencil. And it was so beautiful that the, and then, you know, she got up and left like, you know, because that's somehow like some poets are that way. She had her inspiration and that was it. So the um, kids that worked at the cafe said, we can't throw this away. And so they put that placemat like up on the wall and people would come. And again, people are coming from all over the world because it is a tourist heaven. And they would say, practice random acts of kindness. So then the next thing that happened is that somebody had seen that and made a bumper sticker. And then Mm. we saw it like uh, in Berkeley um, and we were like, wow, that's so cool, like let's contact Ann Herbert and then like let's see if we can do a book with it. And um, so we had modest expectations, like and we did it like it was sort of like crowdsourcing but like pre-internet, pre-social media crowdsourcing, again, it's the early 90s, right? So we had a Mm -hmm. party and we invited like all the authors and writers and, and teachers and educators and thinkers we knew. And we had everyone go up to the microphone and say, what do you think we need to do to make it a kinder world? Like, what's an act of kindness that that you think you could do? Like, you know, tell a story about kindness, blah, blah. And so we taped it, and then we transcribed it and edited it and turned it into a book, like a little book. Like, I don't know, like 20,000 words or something at the most. And we did a mm-hmm. tiny print run of Random Acts of Kindness. And the sales reps at our distributor, they were pretty excited about it. And they said, um, they came back to us like after a month and said, you're going to need to print more books. Um, and we were like, mm-hmm. I don't know. We, you know, Let's wait and see if it really sticks. And so the first time I knew that we had a, a hit on our hands was um, we got a knock on the door. I mean, usually every day the mailman came in the afternoon. He would bring a printer bill couple of letters from prisoners requesting free books. Every publisher gets those. Um, and, you know, um, maybe an order or two. And um, the, we got a really loud knock on the door. And the postman said, I need help. And he had bags of letters um from people telling us their acts of kindness because at the end of the book we said tell us your you know your idea how to make it a kinder world it was incredible i'm telling you it's almost like every single copy of the 2000 print run got sold and the person wrote in and it was just astounding like we were crying and laughing and rolling around on the floor like reading the letters and the kids had the really the best ideas of kindness. It was so moving and wonderful. And that was, you know, so we knew, okay, this is something real. And it went on to sell like two million copies and start a worldwide movement.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know I have that book on my coffee table to this day?
2: Oh my goodness! I love that. I love that. Yeah
1: it and I still have it, and I still and I dust it and put it back and I, every every time I see it, I'm just like,
2: oh, I love that book <laughs> yeah
1: yep. I, re- I remember
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you know it touched on it touched on something like it really did I mean, I honestly believe that we're inherently good people, you know, and it's hard to remember when the news is so crazy and weird but like, you know, humans are inherently good. And um, I put this on the Be It Good in the World social media a couple months ago. Uh, there was a scientist who set out to prove that that's true. Are humans inherently good? And so he did several experiments, but the one that really moved me the most and got me the most excited is that he had, uh, he said, the way to find out is to get children before they're really socialized. So he had some preschoolers and toddlers and uh, set them up with the experiment. Their parents were fine with it. So the experiment was very simple. An elderly man uh, was um, was to enter a room with the toddlers. There was like a couple of uh, three-year-olds, like a, a, a one little kid that was probably like barely two, like four-year-old, a five-year-old, and they're playing with toys and having a good time. And then the elderly man uh, comes in and um his wheelchair was inside the room where the kids were and he was giving like uh given a cane and he was he was sort of exaggerating his his mobility issues and he was bare he was so clearly barely able to make it and the kids like saw him in their peripheral vision um sort of moving very wobbly and um they ran over like one of the like 3 year olds like grabbed his hand one of the elderly, elder children, like a five-year-old five year um, grabbed him in his cane hand to steady him. And then this was my favorite is that like a three-year-old is like pushing the wheelchair towards him. The, the children instinctively wanted to help, instinctively, without thinking. It was just hard-coded into their being. We, this man is a stranger to us. We don't know his name. We, you know, we don't know, even know each other's names but we're going to help him and i'm telling you like i just cried because like that is so moving to me and i believe it i believe we're inherently good and that we can get back to our better selves through kindness and that's really really one of my inspirations for the book be a good in the world Really and truly, I think it's there and we just need to remind ourselves and we need to like make it a habit, make kindness and goodness a habit every day.
1: And you know, your book does that, but it also does something else because as I was reading the book and I've maintained a gratitude journal for, I don't know, the better part of 30 years. And so every night I'm writing down five things I'm grateful for for that day. And it dawned on me that as I read your book that I would like to inst- to uh, with that, five things that you know I, I'm grateful for for the day, and then write down what one thing really inspired me today to do something what inspired me that's totally different but when you do that your mind starts to create more and as you if I look back at the past let's say two months of my doing this and seeing I can see that so many ideas have come up so many programs and projects have been put into place I've done a lot more with the with the uh, organizations that I volunteer with and coming up with ideas and putting things together it's just very inspirational because when you read what others have done and you just think to yourself okay what inspired me today it leads to another inspiration that can be put into an idea to either make money for a scholarship fund or to get people together in a community to usually it's for some type of a fundraising event so i see this book as both yes it does make you more aware and you're practicing random acts of kindness for others which fills your heart but also it allows you to be inspired just if you start to think of what inspired you to create even more. And so it's a two-fold book. I mean, you, you know, you can't beat it. <laughs> it's a great book. And I can't believe we're almost at the top of the hour. Brenda, oh, my goodness. Oh, how did um, that happen? I know. Time just went by. I don't know. Something happened. Before we go, would you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they may purchase your book, Be A Good in the World?
2: Well, you know, our friends at Barnes and Noble were really gung ho about be good in the world, and so they actually have it at like the front tables of every store. But you could also like order it from Barnes and Noble. It's bn.com, like Barnes Noble, bn.com. Get all Amazon, and you know, hopefully your uh, local favorite bookstore has it too. But you can also go to Viva Editions, which is www.vivaeditions.com, like Viva Las Vegas. And, um, you know, I uh, am launching a website soon, but, like, I'm easily Googleable Brenda Knight, author of Be a Good in the World. That's
1: great. And thank you again so much for joining us. I really appreciate you taking time once again to come here with another great book, and we look forward to the next one, I have to say. Yes,
2: and my one last request is I would love to hear your yours and your listeners and Facebook friends ideas on how to be a good in the world because just like Random Acts of Kindness like went on to have like several sequels. I would love for uh, us to come up with more ways to be a good in the world. Double down on great kindness. idea. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Yeah, triple down, quadruple down, whatever it takes,
1: right? Just do it. Mm-hmm. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness with radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live, productively, healthfully, purposefully, and to be a good in the world. So send this link to the show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had to learn and grow and make the world a better place. On behalf of everyone here, energy awareness radio i'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in don't forget to follow me on twitter at nrg aware radio that's at nrg aware radio i am your host t love here at energy awareness radio intending you and yours a most wonderful week remember living from your heart is quite easy you need only give thanks to do so take care and stay well
0: Got all I, I got a roof my I got a And I remember how